Here we be. It's Bills by the Numbers, where we let the stats tell you where the Bills are at. We're brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. It's midseason, so we assess the AFC conference race and who could challenge the Bills based on their play, their moves at the trade deadline, or something like a soft schedule. ESPN NFL reporter Dan Graziano joins us to talk AFC race and midseason MVP candidates, among other awards, And we give you the high-low picks of the week. Let's get it rolling! All right, happy to have you here on Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills Insider Chris Brown with you. And as we reach, or creep up on anyway, the midseason mark, Steve, we take a look at the race in the AFC. We know the Bills are a team that has made the number one playoff seed their goal, a victim of road playoff losses each of the last three years. They obviously want this year's playoffs to run through Buffalo. After eight weeks, which we know isn't quite midseason, the Bills sit atop the AFC at 6-1. and one. The three teams directly behind them in the conference race are the teams against whom Buffalo has already got the head-to-head tiebreaker, Tennessee, Kansas City, and Baltimore. Not bad. The Titans and Chiefs are at 5-2, and two, Ravens at 5-3. and three. Through what was perceived, Steve, as the most difficult part of their schedule, the Bills have put themselves on track to land the top seed, knowing, of course, there's a lot more football left to be played. Absolutely, and the team that they play next is the five seed, New York Jets. Um, How about that? Team, yeah, that's amazing. Good for them. I, uh, this is a big game for the Bills. The, the Jets' defense is legit. It's for real. You watch them play on film, they can they fly to the football. The Bills are, uh, you know, I think the Bills might have a hard time scoring 30 points on a team like this, which is kind of the – it used to be 20. If you're, if you're an offensive team, you need to, you're scoring 30 a game. If you're scoring 20 a game, uh, you're a defensive team, you know. Uh, this Jet team makes you look like you're a defensive team. They hold people down on the scoreboard. It's hard to move the football. Their corners lock it down. They're really good down inside. They've got athletes, a defensive tackle, a defensive end. C.J. Mosley is having a fantastic year. He goes sideline to sideline, makes a ton of tackles. And they knock a lot of passes down. Don't pick a lot of passes off, but they knock a lot of passes down. So... Yeah, this is going to be a game where you're going to have to be firing on all cylinders. The Jets um, are a good football team, and Bills fans should get used to saying it. Um, It looks like it's going to be that way this season. For me, the most important thing the Bills have done is taken those head-to-head matchups against all three of the other current division leaders, Titans, Chiefs, Ravens. They have not been able to say that in previous years. Last year, They beat the Chiefs but lost to the Titans. It proved to be costly. It was the difference between being at home for the playoffs and having to go on the road because the Titans wound up being the number one seed. It was a big swing game. In 2020, they lost to the Chiefs and the Titans. And in 2019, they lost to the Ravens. So step one, check that box. I'm pretty happy about that going forward. Now, that's not to say all three of those teams are going to be leading their divisions at the end of the year. we got ten games left to play here. But I... I feel pretty good about those teams winning those divisions. I, I was thinking get out of this first seven games of the season four and three. I mean, there was a chance. Those teams were really It looked good. daunting, it right? It looked re- like a really tough first half of the schedule, and, and it was. But the Bills got out after it, and unless there was one, te- one game in Miami that was 
you know, 75 degrees instead of 95 degrees, this Bills team would be 7-0. and um, We saw them dismantle a Packers team last week with their B game. Uh, we saw them not play that great in, in uh, some other – like the Baltimore game. They struggled in the Baltimore game, didn't play as dominantly as they had during mm. the regular season against Baltimore. Uh, Dolphins, they could they, – I mean, they were falling down. They were – it was all hands on deck to finish the game, and they lost by two point, three points, two points. Uh, yeah, they got out of the gate really fast. Uh, the Steelers game is a great example of it. You come in, you're thinking, well, the Steelers, are, you know, they're not going to lay down, and the Bills um, absolutely lump those guys up, 38-3. to This is a team, and Kansas City game, same thing. The offense and defense together are just too much for most teams to yeah. handle, and that's the way it's got to be this week in New York. Both sides of the ball have to play well. I think this might be a close game. We always know there is a team that catches fire, makes a run up the conference standings in November and December. The next cluster of teams after the division leaders are Miami, the aforementioned Jets, and the Chargers. Who is your team that you think makes a run down the stretch, whether it's one of those teams or a team currently outside the playoff picture? Somebody like New England, Cincinnati, Indy, Cleveland? I was thinking, actually, I was thinking about Cleveland. Um they're going to get a quarterback back in week 11 mm-hmm. as they go down to Houston. They're going to finish the season with a flurry. They really – and in the teams you're talking about, one, one game swing one way or the other is huge in this race. Right. Uh, because right now, you know, some of these teams are at eight games. The Bills are at seven games. You know, and the bye week's taking a toll on, on how even these teams can stay. But one game is still enormous in the standings in the NFL. If you can get that game – and the Bills are a perfect example in the, what you mentioned last year – one game gives them the home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So it's huge. I think Cleveland's got the roster to do it. I think they'll get a boost when Deshaun Watson gets back on the field. Um, it's coming up in a, three weeks, and he's going to start week the first week he's back. Oh, he's yeah. going to be back. Against the um, Texans, by the way. And, yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can imagine that the scene in that town. Uh, but I would say that team and, – and let's face it, you, you mentioned that the Jets – and Miami are in the five and the sixth spot in the AFC playoff. So they've got you've got the Bills, the Jets, and Miami, and the eighth spot just outside is the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. This is a tough division the Bills are in. Tougher than I think anybody anticipated. But let's face it, there's no question the Bills are the favorite to win it, and they'll be favored in against all three of those teams. Twice against the twice against the Jets coming up twice against the Patriots coming up and against the, the Dolphins coming into Buffalo. Uh, those are the games that the Bills have to focus on. But if you're looking for teams that are going to make a run, I think you've got to start with teams with solid rosters. And even all the way down at the 11th spot, at 3-5 and five at this point of the season with before they're by, yeah. I still think Cleveland's got a really nice roster. I really thought the Chargers were going to take the next step this year, but injuries once again have compromised their effectiveness and their schedule in the second half, Steve. I took a look at it. It's rough. San Francisco, Kansas City, Miami, Tennessee, the Rams, and that tough Denver defense. They're going to be they're not going to make it. I don't think they're making <laughs> they it. They're not going to make it. I think Miami is the team for me to pick here making a run. Because their schedule is so easy, it's going to land them one of the wild cards. The toughest games left on the Dolphins schedule. San Fran, Buffalo, 
They play three teams the rest of the way with a record over 500. Mm -hmm. So I think they get in, and the addition of Bradley Chubb at the deadline is noteworthy. And then I think the other team, is I'm I'm in agreement with you, I think it's Cleveland. They get Deshaun Watson back. If they're within a game of 500, or even two games, by the time he gets back, they can make a run with the Ravens, the only team over their last six games with a winning record right now. Right. The cupcake schedule shows up right when Deshaun Watson gets back, so they can make a run at the end, rip off five, six wins, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, where did yeah. these guys come and from? And I get it, too. You, it, it, right now they're three and five, so they can't lose very many more games. But when you rip off some wins, and some of these teams coming down the stretch, they're gonna get, they're gonna stumble. Uh, the Bills did it last year in a, in a, in a year. Yeah. But, so you can get one of those. They they will get some help. Not all of these teams are gonna have ten wins at the end of the season. And really, nine ten wins is I for me. I think that's the threshold. You're gonna be really close to get to in. Being, to get in. Yeah. Um, certainly, eleven I think is a rubber stamp. But that's that's where you're at. And for the Cleveland Browns with their roster and getting Deshaun Watson back and their schedule, um, because we we thought we knew the schedule, how it was going to be at the beginning of the season. Now it's a little bit different. Miami yeah. and the Jets are a much different football teams than we thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, Baltimore, Kansas City, all those teams are, are who we thought they were. The Chargers are not. The New England Patriots continue to battle even though – you know, they're getting poor offensive play. A little bit of smoke and mirrors there. A little bit, yeah. It always has been. Cincinnati has fallen off. Uh, well, they're 4-4 four and four now, but they have not looked like the team that and went to the Super Bowl. they have injury problems. Indianapolis and has disappeared. Yes. Um, so, you know, Denver, right. of course, Vegas, the, the AFC West is not the juggernaut we thought it was. So, coming down the stretch, you don't know who's going to emerge over the next month, yeah. let alone the next two months to see who's going to come through, come through this. So I think it's really interesting, but um, I, I still think you got to go with who's got the solid roster. And to me, it, like you said, I think that's the Cleveland Browns. Miami has a really solid roster. Last question on this subject. Does anyone make a run at the Bills for the top seed, do you think? Does anybody come within striking distance of the Bills down the stretch here? Because right now, it's only Tennessee and Kansas City are just a game back. Right. They have tiebreakers on both of them, so if they wind up tied, they still have an edge. Anybody make a run at the Bills, you think, Well, for the top seed? It's going to have to, to – to me, it's going to have to be one of those two teams. Um, I, don't, I don't see – maybe Baltimore. Um, I don't know if Baltimore is consistent but, enough. Exactly. Baltimore is a little inconsistent, but also – you know they're in the north in the AFC North, and Cincinnati and Cleveland are still two pretty good football teams, and they yeah. do they do have talented rosters. So for the Baltimore Ravens, you know they're going to go through the the NFC South. They go through the Saints and the Panthers, uh, still to go, but then they go through the Broncos, Steelers, Falcons, uh, Steelers again. Yeah, Baltimore could be that team okay. that gives them a run for it. I know a lot can change with 10 games to play, but I just don't see the Bills relinquishing their spot atop the conference. There have been too many hard lessons the last three years in the postseason. I just don't see them getting complacent. They may not play their level best every single week the rest of the way here, but to me they are just so far and away better than so many other teams in this conference. I don't think it bites them in the rear end to the point where they're losing a game that they should not. I mean, Steve, you look at overall 
net points in the conference right now? You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that have a negative point differential right now, including Tennessee, who is five and two with minus six in net point differential. Right. Now, you go to the positive side of point differential, the Bills are a plus 105. It is best in the league. The next closest team is the undefeated Eagles. They're only a plus 78. And the next closest team after that is the Chiefs at plus 51. Less than half the net differential that the Bills have this year. I I just don't see them giving up their spot atop the conference if they continue to play offense and defense like they have been. As we transition, Steve, to the numbers game, the category this week is NFL League MVPs. Obviously, there is a league MVP candidate here in Buffalo by the name of Josh Allen. Mm. But we're going to go into a little bit of league MVP history. Are you ready? Okay. All right, here we go. Question number one. Who has won the most NFL MVP awards in league history? Eight men. You are correct. Five MVP awards. And, uh, yeah, he's alone at the top. Good job. Next question number two. How many players have won more than one NFL MVP in league history? I need the number of players that have done it. If you had to guess, how many players have won more than one MVP in their career? I'm thinking it's got to be 15. It's only nine. Oh, really? Yeah. Only nine players have won more than one NFL MVP. Can you name any of those? How many of the nine do you think you can name here? All right, here we go. You already Peyton, Peyton, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Montana. Yep. Let me get my pen here. That's I gotta mark cool. these down. Um, Manning, Brady, Joe Montana, and Aaron Rodgers. You said. Yeah. Okay. I'll say. So you've got five left. I'll say. Elway? Not Elway. That's amazing to me. Isn't it? Uh, Marino? No on Marino. Are they all Mul- quarter- are multiple they all- MVPs? Are they all quarterbacks? The ones that are left? Um, I, I, I should not answer that question because oh, it may compromise a future question. All right. Uh, Jim Brown. Correct. You got... Four left. Bart Starr. No. Oh, I thought I was going to. Johnny Unitas. Johnny Unitas, yes. Three left. I will say. Mm, Two of them played in your era. I don't know if I want to go there. I'll say. Oh, wait a long time. I know Steve Young won a one. Steve Young. Steve Young, yes. Really? More than that. All right, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, yes. You got one left. 
Can he get it? I'm going to say, let's say, I'm going to throw this out because I know it's not true, but Jerry Rice. It is not Jerry Rice. This person played and won multiple MVPs. Dan Fouts. Nope. Right at the end of your career. Who was who was killing us in my career? It's actually the other conference, but yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, just, I need a list of teams. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we don't have a timer on this. All right, <clears throat> how about? I want you to get the whole Troy list. Aikman. Nope, not Troy Aikman. Seriously? Nope. They ran the ball a lot, but damn it. Oh, Brett Favre. There you go. Brett Favre, that's your list. Okay, next question. Well, the next question is kind of moot because you got it already. Jim Brown is the only non-quarterback with multiple MVPs. Next question. How many multiple MVP winners has Steve Tasker played against? Oh, we'll see. Read my list again. (laughs) All right. Uh, Montana. Yep. Uh, Peyton. No, I didn't play against Peyton. Uh, didn't play against Tom. I played against Favre. Favre. Montana. And there's one more. Favre. Steve Young. There you go. There's your three. Well done. Who was the last non-quarterback to win league MVP? The last one? The last one to win the most recent MVP award that was not a quarterback. Marshall Falk. It is not Marshall Falk. That's a close answer, though, right? It is close. But not the one we were looking for. <laughs> an excellent <laughs> wrong guess. Um, oh, Derrick Henry. Not Derrick Henry. Oh, I thought I snuck that. He has won Offensive Player of the Year, but he has not won MVP. Is that crazy? Because all the quarterbacks have been winning it. Let's say... It is relative... It's within the last 10 years that this non-quarterback won MVP. Chris Johnson. It is not Chris Johnson. I don't know if he ever won one. Um, Within the last 10 years, Marshawn. It's not Marshawn. It was Adrian Peterson. 2012, when he ran for 2,000 yards. (laughs) Last question. How many defensive players have won MVP in league history? Like one, zero. The answer is two. Oh. I know you know one of them. Bruce? No. League MVP, Steve. You know the guy. You played oh, against him. Oh, Charles Woodson. No. He won the Heisman Trophy. Oh. Um, yeah. Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor is one. Everybody forgets the other defensive player that Reggie. won league MVP. No. Alan Page. Really? Alan Page won him. league MVP. I think it was in the late 60s at some point. Good for him. Man. That is MVP numbers game. Wow. Well, I, Why am I? I am like totally exhausted after the numbers game every time. <laughs> well, Just because you were trying. You spent. killed it on the list of multiple MVPs, though. You got them They're all. Pretty good. You got all nine there, Steve. Well done. From a quiz about league MVPs to handicapping this year's race 
for league MVP. Here to help us do that and give us his thoughts on the AFC conference race is ESPN NFL reporter Dan Graziano. All right, Dan, let's begin here. AFC conference race. It's, you know, nobody's really separated themselves totally. We know the Bills are on top, but, you know, Tennessee, Kansas City right behind just a game back, although the Bills have the tiebreaker against those two teams head-to-head. I don't know how much you've looked at schedules here the second half of the season, but we always know there's a team in November and December that makes a run, you know, gets hot and jumps right into the race. Is there any team that that you would peg as a likely candidate for a run like that come mid-November, December? Other than what you mentioned, right, Tennessee, Kansas City, and obviously Miami's kind of right there, right? Like other than those teams? Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see if the Chargers have anything still to give, right? Like that, they've they've been banged up as they often are, and but they're still over 500. And I think going into the season, they were thought of as maybe a potential powerhouse. So, as Justin Herbert gets healthier, further removed from that rib injury, I, I wonder if that's a team that. And again, they have to get over some injuries, but if they ever ever do get fully healthy, I imagine they'll be pretty dangerous. In the in the AFC conference, are there teams? I mean, you see Buffalo, Tennessee, Kansas City, Baltimore. No huge surprises there. But Baltimore, the five yeah. seed, the five seed <laughs> this week is the Jets. Is yeah. that a is that a surprise? If we're sitting here a month oh. and a half into the season, how big a surprise is that? And and now looking at who and what they are, is it going to be a surprise going forward if they can continue? I I think we know by now that the Jets have a pretty good roster. I I think you know that was. And actually, at the start of the season, there were you know you call around who ask people and other teams like who do you like who looks good. A couple of people had said to me like the Jets are a little better than you're used to. Like like they've done a really good job of building out the middle of that roster, and and, and I think I think the early part of the season that has uh, that has held up. Uh, the question, of course, is the quarterback, and and is Zach Wilson going a ever going to be the guy? B can he be the guy to lead them to the playoffs this year? Sunday, he didn't look like it. And that's the big, you know, I live in Connecticut. I got, I got Patriots fans, Jets fans, Giants fans, everybody. So, you know, the Jets fans have been flying high. They're concerned about the quarterback, and, and that's what uh, Sunday's performance will do for you. So we'll see if he can get it together, uh, get the, the decisions and the turnovers under control a little bit. But if he does, and they can get back to running the ball, obviously the Brees Hall injury hurts a lot, um, then I think they'll, they'll stick around. You know, will they make the playoffs? I think hard to say at this point, but I think that the the way they're built, they can contend for it as long as the quarterback doesn't have too many more games like he did Sunday. The one wild card that I do wonder about, Dan, is Cleveland. If they can stay within a game of 500 until Watson Mm -hmm. comes back, and I know it is somewhat of an unknown because he's going to be close to about a two-year layoff before he jumps back into this thing in Week 12, ironically against Houston. Um but if he is the guy that led the league in passing yards the last full season that he played, yep. they've only got, I think, two teams the last six weeks with a 500 record or better on their schedule. Could they get in? Oh, sure. I mean, look, it's the FC's tough. Uh, you know, there, there's more teams that look scary than, than I think we see in the other conference. But you're right. That's the big if with Deshaun Watson. We don't know what he's going to be as a player after two years off. So – if he's the player we remember, and if he's the player the Cleveland Browns are paying him to be, then that makes them quite dangerous when you factor in their run game and, and the way their defense is playing with Miles Garrett. So, yeah, they have to. That's why Monday night was pretty big for them because 
they do have to just sort of stay within striking distance. And they know they, they, they know for a fact that in three or four weeks, they're getting a quarterback upgrade. That That is not a thing most, if any other team can say. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they, he's been in the building. He's been getting ready. I think he's going to hit the ground running and start right away. The question is what kind of player he will be. Did not look great when we saw him in the preseason. Uh, so there is uh, the possibility of a rust factor. And even if that just lasts for two or three weeks, you know, that could be enough to cost them because there's so so little time left once he does return. And you look at the, the, the teams in the playoff race right now that are not in, you know, leading a division. That means the Jets, Miami, the Chargers, and then New England just out of it. Same spot, Indian, uh, Cincinnati is also 4-4 four and four right with yep. the Patriots. Yeah, Cincinnati has not been the same team that finished the season last year. But what are these teams – and if you look at it, somebody uh, down the line is probably going to stumble and be in and out of that 5-6-7 spot. Who do you think of the teams that are there now, even including the division you know, leaders, who is not there at the end of this? Uh, I think, you know, I'm curious to see if Cincinnati was a one-week blip because they have trouble with Cleveland or if the Jamar Chase injury is really going to cost them. It's possible that it, it will cost them enough that they would be that team. Uh, I don't know that the Patriots are really built for this. I, I think they're doing what they can and they're running the ball well, but I, I just don't know that they're they're built to be the uh, a, a playoff team this year. Uh, you know, I think you could probably, probably say the same thing about the Jets. Like, we, we just don't know, but uh, yeah, I think Cincinnati is the big question mark because I think at their very best, they can be scary. But how much time is Jamar Chase going to miss and what effect will that have? If it, if it looks like it did Monday, then it's going to be a long few weeks without him. Yeah. Shifting yeah. gears to the league MVP race here, Dan. Um, <laughs> Josh Allen's in a pretty good spot. I think he's the only guy in the league averaging over 350 total yards per game, due in part to his rushing exploits. Uh, Mahomes is still pretty dang good, though. And, you yes. know, Lamar rips off four or five wins. Suddenly he's back in the conversation. How And, and Jalen Hurts is having a whale of a season Jaylen for the Hurts, Eagles. So how, sure. how do you, you know, we're almost at the midseason mark here. How do you kind of handicap the league MVP race as you see it? I think Josh Allen has the best team uh, all the way around, and that sets you up well. It can also hurt you in an MVP voting, right? If, if people perceive you're doing – uh, you, you have more support around you. That has there's some history behind that. Um, but I and so that could that could give the edge to, for instance, Mahomes because the, you know Mahomes loses Tyreek Hill. They have to put it together. Maybe their defense isn't quite what Buffalo's is. I'm just trying to like I'm not an MVP voter, but I have been a voter for awards like that, especially in my baseball years when I was covering baseball. So I, I kind of have a sense of how the the mind of the voting body works a little bit, uh, and that's definitely a factor. Jalen Hurts. I mean, geez, if they go undefeated. Right. I mean, like that's that's got to be a consideration. Um, I would I mean, Josh Allen's the favorite been the favorite, I think, since the preseason. And I think if he continues to play like this, there's no reason uh, that he shouldn't win. I just you wonder if 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 we're at the end of the season and there's this many candidates, then you get to the nitpicking and tie breaking stage. And that's the kind of thing. Oh, well, you know, Mahomes did it without Tyree Kill. Then maybe that costs Josh Allen a vote that goes to Mahomes, that kind of thing. But. I don't, I don't see anything that's going to happen, assuming continued health for all these guys. Uh, I don't see anything that's going to happen that, that's going to that's going to prevent Josh Allen from being in this mix when it's all said and done. I mean, they were like, I, know, I was at the game on Sunday night. And they, looked, they looked unstoppable in the first half, and obviously they, they seemed to kind of sleepwalk a little bit through the second half, which 
somebody pointed out to me, it's like a coach's dream, right? Like you win the game kind of easy, but you also did enough wrong that the coaches can, can get on you for it and, and, and use it as teaching points going <laughs> forward. So sure. uh, I think they're in a real good spot and obviously, uh, and he's a special player and I, I think he'll, he'll deserve and get that consideration. Yeah, and you look around at the, at the other guys that may be in the mix. There's three teams: the Bills six and one, the Vikings six and one, and of course Philadelphia. Yeah. Hey, talk to us a little bit about because we don't see the Eagles all that much here in Buffalo. Tell us about their team, Jalen Hurts, and how it's gone for them. What about the the prospect of like you said of going undefeated? Yeah, I mean they're on tonight, so uh, they'll be you know they're available to watch tonight if anybody's. Uh, interesting. They should probably look real good tonight against Houston, and Houston's banged up, and and it's a short week, and and so I think you know you you should probably probably it's Thursday night. We don't know. Probably see the best of the Eagles tonight. Look, they're they're really good. They can run the ball well. Hertz has really taken another leap this year as a passer, as an all around quarterback. But I I don't think anybody ever doubted that he had the stuff inside of him to succeed. It's just a question of what kind of passer he could become, and I think he's he's done a really good job of taking the steps they've asked him to take in terms of his improvement every, each offseason. The other thing is they got him A.J. Brown. This has been a move that in some circles has been compared to when the Bills went and got Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen, kind of like a, a missing piece, a, a number one wide receiver that could really elevate him to the next level. And one of the reasons they got A.J. Brown is they felt like one area where Hurts had struggled was throwing the ball in the middle of the field. And A.J. Brown is really good at running the kinds of routes that can help with that. And that's that's borne itself out so far. So they can run it if they need to. They can throw it if they need to. They are loaded and deep in the defensive front they, so they can send waves of guys and keep guys fresh pass rusher-wise as the, as the game goes along. Uh, they're good in the secondary. And their schedule is mashed potato soft. I mean, they, they are not playing anybody. That's true of almost yeah, right. all the NFC East teams. So when you talk about going undefeated, I think our, our uh, football power index, you know, that, that projects it out, I think they're favored in all the rest of their games, except maybe the Christmas game against the Cowboys, um, who they already beat once. So, yeah, I mean, look, something always seems to happen to trip up a team, but the Eagles look like they're in real good position to be the one seed in the NFC, which is obviously huge because we're in that, you know, only one buy per conference era. Right. Dan, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate, appreciate the insight. We'll catch up with you down the line. <laughs> who wants to win a million dollars? I thought so. Well, you can with FanDuel's free pick'em style game. High, low, pick teams for four different stat categories that you think will score the highest or lowest for the week. The more you get right, the more you can win. Get them all correct. You can take home a million dollars. Just go to FanDuel.com slash high-low to play, and that is H-I-L-O. Steve's the go-to man for points this week. High and low for points, Steve. Lay them on us. Here we go. High for points. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. They're on a roll. They're 6-1 and one as well as the Bills. Uh, they're going to be against the Washington Commanders who just went on the auction <laughs> block. And I don't. it doesn't matter if this is a road game for the Vikes. They're a top-10 scoring team. Washington is going to absolutely fall flat, I think, uh, for an owner who might be selling. So I take the Vikings for high points. For low I like points, it. I hate to do it. When they go with the Indianapolis Colts, the offensive line's underachieving. They're gone. Sam Ellinger is going to take over at quarterback. Jonathan Taylor's hurt. Their offensive line is a wreck. It's all going bad for the Colts this year. They're facing a New England defense that doesn't let anybody. They've shut a team out this year. Yeah. They're seventh, seventh in the league in ta- sacks per play. I think Colts are going to struggle to score. All right. High for passing yards. I'm taking the Bengals. 
They know they have to bounce back after laying an egg on Monday night against Cleveland. Joe Burrow's been productive all season through the air, and they take on a leaky Carolina defense. I think the Bengals are going to roll up all kinds of yardage, even without Jamar Chase. The low for passing yards will be none other than the Jets. I think Zach Wilson's going to be running for his life in this one. I don't envision much in the way of passing yards, maybe 175 total for him. That's anemic. Give me the Jets. All right, high for rushing high for rushing yards. How do you not take the Packers after watching them roll for 200 plus against the Bills last week? A really good defense. They're facing a bad Lions defense. Um, they the Lions can't stop a clock. So Detroit's 30th in run defense ranks as the worst overall defense, worst scoring defense in football. Mark it down, Packers for high in rushing yards. For low in rushing yards. I'm going to go with your L.A. Rams. They face the Tampa Bay defense. The Bucs have been great late in the run to defense, but this is a get-well game versus a rushing attack that's been non-existent and an afterthought for the play caller. So I'm going to go Rams for low rushing yards. Finally, high for sacks this week. I'm taking your Buffalo Bills. They're healthy, and I think they can make the Jets one-dimensional. Zach Wilson's really struggling right now. The last time they faced Zach Wilson, they sacked him nine times. I looked, I couldn't believe it. I forgot about that. So I think Buffalo's pass rush will feast in this one. Low for sacks, I'm going with Tennessee. Facing a Chiefs team that doesn't let Patrick Mahomes get sacked much, even though he extends plays himself. I know Bud Dupree's back for Tennessee, but I just don't see them having a big day. So Titans, low for sacks. Our closing figure this week, the Bills not only have the second largest point differential in the last two seasons against the Jets, plus 63, but they also have the largest total yardage differential since 2020. Buffalo, in their last four meetings, has a total yardage differential against the Jets of 875 yards. The next closest team playing the Jets has just 283 yards in differential. That's a third of the yardage differential the Bills have in their four meetings. But with a Jets team now armed with a top-10 defense, as Steve said... Perhaps it's a bit closer. Yeah, I think it will be. I think this is going to be a much closer game than people would think uh, in years past. The Jets are a different football team this year. Robert Sala, they play hard for him. They've always played hard for him, but now their roster is helping him out. The corners, Sauce Gardner uh, and company back there, you got to tip your hat. The Jets have done a lot of things right in the last 14 to 16 months, and it's starting now, finally, for the Jets fans to show on the football field. I still think the Bills are a better football team, yeah. starting with the guy taking snaps, and I think he'll be the difference in this game. But you're going to see these rosters much closer to being more even. I still think the Bills have a better roster uh, and the better quarterback, but the Jets uh, are a quality football team in the league this year, and it's going to show in the game. Jets have copied – the Bills model a little bit. They signed some veteran safeties to kind of settle down the secondary, drafted a corner in the first yeah. round, yep. invested in their defensive line. They now rotate eight guys, just like the Bills do on their defensive front. A lot of copycat work done by the Jets with the Bills being their model. That'll do it for this episode. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use or watch us on the Bills YouTube channel. Just punch in Bills by the Numbers and there we will be. Because when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week, everybody! Everybody!